Now the shotgun start in golf is full of mathematics. Um, there's a lot of a lot of setup work that we have to do in order to make a tournament work. So I'm going to demonstrate to you just exactly how we do a shotgun start here. And here we go. All right, all right, all right. Gentlemen, start your Greetings and welcome to a Monday edition of the Shotgun Start. It is May 24th. Andy, how we doing? Brendan! I am uh, exhilarated. What a day. Amazing day. It was, uh, we were fortunate. We are blessed. Hashtag blessed to have been there. Uh, day we'll never probably forget. We've now, the original Bixby house was Tiger winning the Masters. I, you know, when we started this podcast, they didn't envision us. You know, podcasting live from Tiger Woods winning a major championship and now Phil Mickelson winning a major championship. Maybe Ernie's next. Maybe he will soothe your soul, your tortured soul here. I caught you staring out at the ocean today and I was wondering if you were, you know, it was late in the round, it was 16 when it, you know, wasn't totally out of doubt, but it was, you know, it, it looked close to inevitable that Phil was going to win his sixth major championship. And I was wondering, is he just thinking about walking out into that ocean so he didn't have to confront this reality or have to talk about Ernie now? Two back of Phil in the major championship column. A, a, a 50-year-old breaks the record. How are you feeling? How are you coping with this? Are you enthused? I mean, you were in the cauldron. I think you're coming away pretty happy about being there. But now you have to face this historical marker. Ecstatic about being there. You know, at this point, the defense rests. We're 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 gonna abstain. We're gonna we're gonna cross prosecute later. I'm used to terms out here. Well, yeah. I don't know what you're saying. We're, we're gonna abstain right now. We're gonna wait and we're gonna move to the next witness. I think you oh, know one of the things. Okay. One of the things I don't want to talk about you're, this right now. I want to talk about Phil. You're asking but, for a continuation. You'll we'll come back to this at some point later. Yeah. Well, I ready. would like to point out that the theory, the basis of my argument, is centers around. Who is better in their prime? All right. Oh, we're moving the goalposts. Okay. We're not moving the goalposts. That's that's what I like to look at when I determine greatness of players. Now, I think this is a big mark for Phil. Obviously, this is incredible. This is utterly amazing that he's got. Nineteen ninety one was his first PGA Tour win as an amateur. That's crazy. Yeah. And now he won in twenty twenty one. Thirty old, years. How old were you in nineteen ninety one? I Eight, was uh, six, five, five, incredible. It's, it's, I might have been four technically because it was he won in uh, Tucson, so it would have okay. been early, early in, in the, the year. year. All right, how about that? We're doing the math here live on air. Um, yeah, is it is it career achievement? I guess we'll dive right in. Is it a singular career achievement? I, th- I always thought the win at Muirfield. I mean, he talks about that being the greatest round he's ever played, that final round. Does this now supersede that? I think there's the jumping on the Masters moment. This is all legacy bullshit that we normally don't get into. But uh, I, I think there's, I think it goes, there's, you know, definitely three defining moments was him breaking through for his yep. first major. Sure. And I think that getting over the hump was it's it's easy to look at what happened today and and say this is the biggest moment but it given that what he was dealing with the outside pressure of being this guy that 
just couldn't get it done in majors and winning that has to be, I think that has to be number one. Yeah. And it was him in, in his, in his, the prime of his career at the top of the game. Yep. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't think Broker I don't want to be. Heart. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm in that putt. What? Uh, <laughs> you had to, had to go there. What most impressed you about today? I have to say, I just think that his distance control on approach shots was just so outstanding. I think that's where he won the tournament. It was so good. The 10th hole, hitting that pin high, Brooks came up short. You know, the the 11th Making the hole. Putt then. Yeah. But yeah the, the shot was, he, I think he said at the end, what we got, had just gotten out there and yeah. he just drops it right on top and the crowd goes nuts. And he makes it, he converts it. He doesn't let it go to waste. And I, I kind of thought that was sort of, wasn't it? There's always plenty of room for Phil to F it up. But it kind of felt like that was, at that point, really his to lose, um, the way he was hitting it like that. Yeah, I mean, it was a couple, there's there's two factors at play. You know, it was, it was two ships going in the complete opposite direction in the middle of that round. You know, you had, you had Phil that was, you know, hitting golf shots, executing, pulling off, you know, doing what he really needed to do, taking care of business. And then you had Brooks that it kind of felt like he let go of the rope a little in the middle of the round. He, I think he was getting frustrated with a lot, numerous things that we yes. can talk about. Yeah, we can get into that. But, uh, what, what, but Phil really, I think he had a plan on how he was going to play the golf course. I think one of the things that worked really well into his favor was that the golf course and the conditions created you know nothing was a stock shot and he had to think through everything and everything was feeling out type of trajectory type of spin all that stuff mattered all week long and players that hit a lot of golf shots or that were are extraordinary at controlling their golf ball were the ones that were at the top of the leaderboard. Right. And he got a, a beneficial win, right, today. As mm-hmm. Jordan Spieth kind of astutely tried to point out on Saturday night, saying, like, actually, for lefty, this win that's changing, that's coming Sunday, is probably going to help him. Because more, you know, it's not down and across, you know, uh, with you. Like, it, it just, he was able to hold off shots on some of those tougher holes, right? And, and then yeah. all the downwind holes were kind of, that was a totally new experience for everyone. It, it, it sort of helped. What had been the hardest stretch of the course was mitigated somewhat. Yeah, driving the tee shots with that into the wind, blowing it right for a righty from six through thirteen was so tough because the, the balls just you're all these guys hit fades and they're just this yeah. into the wind and you all those holes have hazards left, like trouble left, like you can't. The tendency is to hit it either too far left or the ball floats right. And you saw Brooks and Louie really struggle. You heard Louie in his post round talk about like how everything clicked when he when he got past thirteen when he mm-hmm. made the double there. Mm-hmm. Well, it's no kidding. Like he started driving yeah. the ball well because the wind wasn't coming into him off his left. Oh, yep. So you know, like, and I think Brooks right there Just takes struggled. the cut shot yeah. off into oblivion. Exactly. And Brooks, I think, struggled too. And then all of a sudden, we saw him turn and he started playing better. And Phil, lefty, that's not that bad of a wind for nine straight holes. Right, and Spieth pointed that out. I, 
you know, Phil, we always associate now he's like this scientist, like he does all the data and the numbers. all the, But like the reason we like watching him play golf and set aside all the circus bullshit and the Saudis and all that stuff. Like the reason that like people have come to love and play golf is, you know, the creativity and their artistic um, shots. Right. So often that's around the green. But like up close and in person, watching him kind of hit these half shots or these mm-hmm. low shots. Often they were into the wind. Right. Hold off the yeah. wind. But a few times, he, for whatever reason, he, he decided not to, right, and, and go a different direction. But uh, I, I thought, like, hitting seven iron when, you know, yardage-wise, it's it's something less, but he's going to get a half shot or a low shot. And that, I, I don't know. Is that what, did this course sort of illustrate that, you know, the driving range golf wasn't going to work? And maybe you needed to be 50, or maybe you needed to be 42, or, or, or have come up playing different kind of shots and different kind of conditions and those who've grown so accustomed to the driving range or dartboard tour just weren't going to get it done was this the right place and right time for phil contrary to popular opinion where i assume you know it was too long or he would be too punished for wild drives anytime you can introduce more and more factors and make the game less predictable that's where you know shot making and full control of your golf ball really are going to rise to the top and, and players that understand how to hit different shots. I think, you know, there's a convention, there's becoming a conventional wisdom that you only need to hit one type of shot and you should hit one type of shot all the time. Out there, we saw Phil hitting a high cut with his driver and a low draw with his mini driver, his uh, tailor-made mini driver. Clear. Yeah. Um, you Probably saw him, that was tailor-made, not his manufacturer. You saw him hitting low-draw punch irons. You saw him hitting high-fade irons when down downwind. He, you saw him hit a ton of different golf shots. It's the same way Tiger plays. It's the you know the the great players and the truly iconic players have a lot of shots at their disposal. You know. Um, at what point did you think that he was going to get it done? All those shots, like was was there a certain? Were, I think with Phil, I think you always tenth, think it could go wrong. But yeah, like, I think the tenth hole was it was such a pivotal moment, and I think you saw like, you know, Brooks is an extraordinary player, and and we don't see him falter very much. But his he had balls got eaten up in the wind, so he, his his shot on ten got just devoured by the wind. Yeah, sure. And, and I thought it was going to plug in that bunker because of how it kind of floated in there. And like then a duck out of shot out of the air. Yeah, dove down into that bunker. And Phil Phil hits it to eight ten feet there, yeah. pin high, and yeah. you could just tell the the ball the way I was sitting up by the green, and you could just tell by the way the ball came in, it just had such a more penetrating, yeah. you know, ball flight that just cut through the wind. Um, but then you go fast forward to twelve Brooks, you know, he's Phil hits a perfect shot, pin high, like yeah. perfect shot. Brooks coming off hitting it short. What does he do this time? Hits it long. Hits it through the green. You know, makes a tough par. Like, Phil, you know, you think about Brooks and what we talked about last night. Brooks was making it look really easy yesterday. Mm -hmm. Um, Phil made it look really easy, and Brooks, it was a big struggle for. You know, you go to, you fast forward then to like, you know, I think it was uh, 15. They both hit great shots there. But like, that was an unbelievable shot by Phil, you turn around in the wind. He hits like just shot that lands on that. Like he was just in full, full out control all yeah. day. Yeah. And then 16, 
the par five, Phil hits it, you know, great shot. It goes through the green, but Brooks comes up short. You know, he never could seemingly really figure out the wind. So you're most impressed. You were most impressed with sort of the distance control, the penetrating ball flight and the creativity. Yeah, all the shots, just all the shots they hit and how, just how well executed they were. And obviously, you know, this goes without talking about the front nine, like the whole bunker shot. Like he just hit great shots. He had that rocky start, but, um, you know, you know, it was a real fill like start and you didn't, you kind of gave you the sense that it could be one of those days where things go haywire, but then he just locked in and it, it was, it was really beautiful golf on the back nine. Well, yeah. So what most impressed me was how, and I wrote about this for the fried So read it there. If you're not listening to this, or, I mean, if you're, you know, if you want to hear more about this, I should you're say. assuming that Garrett's not going to just slash and burn it. Oh, that's yeah. fine. I hope he does slash and burn. I, I'm not good at writing game stories. Uh, but what most impressed me is he completely, Phil completely set like the terms of the entire, how the, this round was going to go like the, this. And in contrast, quite honestly, to the last time he was in contention at a PGA championship where like to use a, use kind of a, a, I don't know, a rough inarticulate term. He was like more or less cucked by Roy McIlroy, right? Just played up through him, gave these like meek objections, like on the 18th green. And Rory's like, I'm like the number one player in the game right now. I'm going to win my second major and third event. And like Phil was bothered by it and gave these kind of mild half-throated objections after like similar circumstances today. Kepka, like, you know, he, he came up short of the 29 masters, right? There's, he's not won everything, but he is like the most, he's the definitive major championship golfer of the last five years. And he's not a hundred percent, but he's right back in there. And everybody, uh, you know, that came into this assumed he would just chase and pro- not assume, but it was certainly realistic. He would chase and pass uh, Phil. Well, he did at the first hole. Right. Everybody and was saying it was over. We watched him on the range and, and Phil's like, I don't know. You, you, we're not making judgments. Like we're not in this practice session, but from afar or from the, well, the did, he wasn't hitting good shots either. Yeah, he's working they, on mechanics. They're going all over the place. They're doing drills on like positions on where the club should be. It's like this is, and then he, he was running to the very last minute of the range session. He, he's got know. a flight scope or whatever. He's got the the launch monitor. He's got his swing coach. He's got alignment sticks. He's got an iPad. He's got his caddy. Phil uh, Brooks just walks out to the first spot. Doesn't even acknowledge anyone out there. Like. Just feels it out. Hits a couple, doesn't put any sticks down. It just feels it out. Hits a couple shots into the wind. Walks off. Phil's, meanwhile, going up until the buzzer has a club break. And you're like, oh, what's happening here? But two anyway, clubs break in the last day, and then he then he talks about how they are they should be hot and they should be breaking. If they're not breaking, wrong. then we got to get in the manufacturer's ass about them not being hot enough. So, anyways, 2014, you know, Rory kind of sets the terms. I thought. So Brooks is, you know, self, not self-proclaimed, but generally the consensus, he's the badass or he's the hard ass. He's the, the, he, he kind of swaggers his way and other people figure out what they, you know, find their way around him, but don't cater to, or, you know, he doesn't cater to them. Phil like completely set the terms. He was the ringmaster in this little circus and Brooks, he got caught up in it. He slow played it. He slow played Brooks, notorious fast player. Phil's doing this elongation of the of the focus or whatever it is. 
and, and he's been slow. This we were talking about this all weekend on the island, right? This was a subject. Like, man, he is moving very deliberately. So slow. His pre-shot routine is very deliberate. There were a few times on Saturday, like Louis, like looked over, like, is he frozen? Did he get? Like hit with like an Elsa, I have kids. Like, is he frozen? Like, is he moving? What happened? Is he alive? So it's it wasn't just like a Brooks play. This has been sort of his approach all every at least the last three days. His groups have been a hole behind. At least, at least, and this is where you know one an Ernie fan could say there deserves to be an asterisk, but I'm not going to do that. They should have given a. Catlin. I'm not going to do that tonight. I think you were doing it out there on the course. I'm not going to do saying that there tonight. Should be an asterisk. I'm not doing that tonight to the Phil fans. But I'm, some might say there should be an asterisk. So he and Brooks is a known fast player. He was agitated. There were several moments in the middle of the round. I remember uh, Frank Nabilo, middle of the first nine, front nine. Nabilo goes, Brooks is kind of like playing into Phil. He's fighting Phil's fight. Like Nabilo's a boxer guy, like trying to fight his style. The roller coaster, the scrambling through the marshes, the not just steady tee to green, like giving a shot back, gaining a shot, like the back and forth. And he was... And Phil set the entire pace of the round on uh, 11. On 11, uh, Brooksy, and this is the benefit of being out there. We, we walked into some great stuff. Uh, Phil hits it up in the dunes, right? It's some yokel or some doofus picks up his ball, right? And drops it. He's got to get a ruling. What's ha- Who picks up golf balls? And people were, it was, it was intense out there. And, and Phil gives them, hey, Brooks, I got to call for a ruling. You want to go ahead and hit. Brooks is like shrugs, like, nah, whatever. And, and then Brooks like looks and he sees this just like there's stand up routines. There's people making jokes as they're waiting oh, for the Phil's official just to come in. there playing along just, with him. And Brooks too. is like, you know what? F this. I will hit. I will. So he tries to shout back to him like three, four times. Phil, Phil, like going back and, and can't hear him. It's just a circus up in the dunes. Maybe Phil purposely he ignored, might have him. ignored him. He might have. Anyway, so he can't get his attention. So he doesn't get the all clear. He just leans on his. He, got, he was agitated. He was pissed. On and then he hit a, a t- horrendous terrible, terrible layup. Shot. He he was, he was god awful. Twelve on the par fives. Twelve. Phil tees off first, then goes and takes a leak. Porta potty. That's a Brooksy move. I, I I don't think it was a deliberate. I think he probably had to take a piss. But you know it doesn't exactly sprint to get back up in position. Uh, Thirteen. Brooks goes left up in the dunes. Right. And there's, you know, takes time, right? You probably, gotta, somebody probably picked up that ball. <laughs> but it takes time. Brooks is quick, but you got to clean out, clear out the fans. You got to make the tunnel. You got to pick a play. He hits a crappy shot. Horrible. Tugs one left Horrendous. again. Um, but, but it took time to do that. Phil's in the middle of the fairway waiting for Brooksy to do that. Then Brooks hits. Then Brooks gets out in the fairway. And Phil still hasn't pulled his club. He's like staring off into the distance. And then I, I watched. I, Brooks like shook his head. He was like incredulous. He's leaning on his bag in the fair. He's like, man, I just had to like rearrange a crowd. I hit my shot, and I'm still waiting for you to hit in. Uh, we started. I got out. I did. I pulled an Andy. I got out the timer on a few of these. 16. Phil took a full minute. 16 was a driver. There was no club decision to be made there. It's a. It's a 800 yard par five. It was downwind, but there was no choice. It was a driver hole. But he took over a minute hitting second. He's just he's just 
meditating or something on 17 he took a minute 45 to hit hitting second now there was some shadows issue he backed off but like it would have been a minute 25 if he hadn't backed off he was and i think this he was setting the entire terms of this and i think it impacted uh brooks and of course the other impact the non-shots outs the all the variables outside of actually hitting your shots which you've gotten to so eloquently somewhat eloquently as a crowd that like i don't know you can't you can't calculate what that did or meant but i think brooks was pissed off that brooks might as well have been a club pro yeah that's one of the things i took away is like the the lack of respect from the crowd like and this is i think the thing like we i i I was it had me thinking back to when tiger played at riv and JT and Rory were talking about how it was like a two-shot thing and how crazy it was because like nobody cared about JT and Rory. People just moved. That's what was happening to Brooks all day. Like Phil would hit a shot and the crowd would just be scurrying away yeah. and Brooks would be 10 yards away Shouting, trying to hit. banging doors, yeah. Yeah. You know, carts pulling away. It was it was a wild scene, and this is a guy with four majors. One guy's got five and is fifty at the time. Five yeah. now he has six. He's fifty and has five, yeah. and the other guy's thirty one has four. Yeah, and he the guy with four majors and is thirty one was treated like a PGA pro. Yeah, it, it was like at any time Phil put it out first, it was just Gone. like exodus. Yeah, like and. Or like even if Brooks hit a good shot, it was like no tepid, yeah, nothing. And you know, I think that started to get to him. You cannot calculate it, but I think he was agitated by the pace. I think he was agitated by like he's got rabbit ears. He hears stuff. Oh, he he talks about at Beth Page. Remember when they he's like the New York crowds turned on me. I made four bogeys in a row. They started chanting DJ DJ. Like that actually helped and refocused me. He hears that stuff. There was like one. Uh, I think it was 13. I wrote it down. Someone said, you're in the big leagues now, Brooks. Like, as if, like, totally neglecting, naive of, actually, this is the guy who only, is the most big league player. And, and only one of the two in the group has been number one in the world. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> at, at, at one point, they shouted in a quiet moment, Phil's your daddy? Like, just total disrespect for this guy. And, and I think, you know... It was, it was a long time for the disrespect. It wasn't, like... This is the thing. He was having a lot of time to stew over the disrespect. Oh, it was because he was standing there waiting for the guy to hit a fucking shot. So I think Phil was at the right time, right place. You're talking about he had the, the right, right game kind of course. Plan. It was like plan. Belichickian. Yeah. <laughs> and he let Brooks just sort of stew in his own anger. Like I said, it was total contrast 2014. He completely set all the terms of the variables outside of the hitting golf shots. He understood like you know, it's been a year, man. This has been a shit year, and we haven't had fans. And they came back. I wasn't 100%. It felt like 100% as people raced through the dunes and up to Little Mounds and shouted wherever they could um, that they would be whipped up. And they he knew, like, come on. People want to see the 50. They want to see history. And, and I think he used that however he could. Um, I, I honestly like I do believe like what you're saying Brooks was rattled and I think I think to a certain extent Brooks might have underestimated Phil and what a Phil crowd was like I think you know he totally. obviously he he ran into Tiger but I think that like one of the things with like the modern player like Brooks they never went up against like real Phil you know and this week was 
yeah. was a vintage Phil performance. But like one of the things with that comes like like Phil had the gamesmanship. But the other thing, I think Brooks like looked at him like you know this guy's kind. He might have had a little bit going into like this guy's kind of a clown. Like he's gonna blow it. Oh, I I think for sure. I, I think he assumed, and then he goes one up, two shot swing on the first hole. I, I think for sure Brooks was was pretty confident that he would have him. Uh, also, with the Tiger thing at Bell Reeve, they weren't in the same group. I think, like we were talking about, there was a serious, like a real thing with like everybody just running away as soon as it was Brooks' time to hit and, and just bailing on him. But uh, I, I don't know. It was fascinating to see up close. I think the slow play thing, you know, he wouldn't... Well, the only other time we've seen Brooks get rattled was really like the 2019 Masters with Tiger. Yeah. Where, like, and the Masters, Brooks, so that's those crowd, like there's some semblance of order. There was no order Oh, there. There were people just I, running I actually, to and fro in all the shots. I felt really, on 18, I felt really bad for Brooks because he like kind of we'll technically to. still had a chance to win. Two, wow, he was right, two, two back. back and and he, with a fairway, like he could hold the, hold the second shot. And I, I was like... You know, obviously, pure chaos broke loose. I don't know if we want to talk about this now. We'll do that after the... After um, the you know, pure chaos broke loose. The, the I, I don't think they were at all prepared for it. Um, but, like, one of the things I said to a volunteer, because I was right in the middle of it, is, like, yeah. the volunteer was so worried about what was going on over with, like, Phil. I was like, hey, like, you got Brooks over there. You got to... And, and, like, yeah. he, like, then, like, started directing people over there. But they had completely... Like, it, every, it was almost like everybody had forgotten about Brooks. Well, yeah. And they're going to pay Phil the courtesies they were all day. Like, they want to watch Phil. They want to create room for Phil. They want to create silence for Phil. And Brooks just gets sort of lost in the shuffle. It was a new ball game for him. Like, I think it was an entirely new experience. Totally underestimated. I think he totally expected Phil, like... I do think Brooks has, like, the right approach to major championships. I do think he, like, doesn't get rattled. I think he is just sort of out there playing around a golf and, and like, can kind of hang out and have conference, whereas other guys psych themselves out. But but, but I think this was a, this is what happens. Like, you get in an uncomfortable experience and you start to make mistakes you don't usually make. And we saw that all day long. Like, we he didn't devour the par fives like he usually yeah. does, Like which is what why he dominates majors is because of the way he plays par-, par fives and then today he goes and plays them two over or three over for the day yeah three three bogey or two bogeys a double and then he birdies 16 but like that's something we don't see it's super uncharacteristic we never see him miss yardages like that we don't see that stuff and that it makes me think that it was it was out of discomfort you don't think is there anything that like look i mean phil Went out and won it. Are you left wanting that he didn't have to really? I mean, he. I, I think he did like just put Brick, Brooks on tilt himself. But like he didn't. That's, have I mean, to, that's like, part of the game, though. He didn't that's... have to charge or do anything on the back nine. He shot a seventy-three. What did he shoot on the back? Thirty-seven. No one really threatened him. He was allowed to sort of kind of. Steer it it was difficult out there. Yeah. But I think this is like one of the things. Like now, if if people were strictly administering pace of play might have been a different story but like he he knows they aren't going to penalize him if he no, if they were going to penalize him they would have penalized him on friday when he was miles behind yeah you yeah. know like that there i remember the there was conversation on friday like how did he not get penalized right you know so i think like 
he knew at that point they weren't going to penalize him. And then what he did, I mean, the guy's played more money games than anybody on earth. Yeah. He's got more tricks up his sleeve than anybody. And I think he like probably looked at Brooks and thought tactically like, you know what? This guy's kind of easily irritable. Yeah. And he irritated the shit out of him. I, 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 I politely, was, very politely. Yeah. Like, and not subtly, like, you know, I think Phil has this ability to pull a facade over him oh, where he's yeah. completely in a different world, but he knows exactly what the fuck he's doing. Yeah. That's, I, so this is what most impressed me, honestly. Thinking back to 2014, when, and I, I just, and, and, you know, Brooks can be an, like, he's a force of nature too. He's not some, you know, shrinking violet, I, I, but I, and, and Phil, like, I know he's confident in his game this week, but like he's also fifty. He's not in his prime mentally or or with his game. And like it seems like this, this whole against... breakthrough with the focus. I'm so oh, I don't want it. Yeah. Like I, what what is this breakthrough? You know, like how what is a break? Um, a just a remarkable breakthrough. Like it's just yeah. All right, let's do an ad read for Athletic Brewing. They have gotten us through this week. We've needed beverages every night. But sometimes we needed beverages without like tonight side effects uh, or, I don't know, consequences for the morning. Uh, but athleticbrewing.com, shotgun start 15. You get 15% off your first order. Uh, there's free shipping on 12 packs or more everywhere across the United States. Uh, Athletic Brewing has gone through. We've been going after the Cerveza. The Cerveza Athletica is great. That's a new one. That wasn't yeah. here when we did an ad read for or a deal with them. I wish year. I had it right in front of me. The Hazy IPA is delicious too. And then like the Run Wild is is just a staple. That's one of my favorite ones, uh, you know, anytime. Upside Dawn mm-hmm. Ale, I think was the original, the, the, one of the originals that, that we enjoyed and consumed. But they've been, Sports the Podcast are sponsoring us this week. The fridge is stocked. The Beverage Boys House has been sort of a ping pong, you know, back and forth match between na and smith devereaux but uh this is absolutely an na night um and quite honestly like i don't know with you got a baby i've got four kids i mean sometimes you need the taste of beer and a lot of times you don't need the effects that come with it it's been a big uh it's been a nice little bridge nice little uh i don't know placebo effect that i never ever look we were having completely off the record non-advertisement deal conversations with someone the other night about this. I was like, I never envisioned us like, uh, you know, I, I didn't think this would be a fit. I didn't think it would work. And I, I, I can authentically say, sing the praises and the virtues of having this as an option in your fridge. Uh, and it will continue to be one in mind. And it's made me actually, you know, much healthier. So. Yeah. And most importantly, I, you know, being here this week's been an amazing, amazing experience being here. And, um, you know, first and foremost, so we wouldn't be able to do it without you, the listener, but also our sponsors who help, you know, the us, beverage boys house. Yeah. Get this beverage boys house up and running. So athleticbrewing.com shotgun start 15 is a promo code. Go out, support them. They support us. All right. Anything else you want to do on Phil? I mean, like, uh, I think like we probably should talk so. about. I, I well, so six majors now. I mean, so you got to talk d- about Ernie. D- no, I he we joins, don't, who are we the don't six need to talk about. We got Faldo Tr- and Trevino and Faldo. Joins Faldo with Faldo doing the call. I'm sure they're deep, deep, deep down. Faldo was a irritated little irritated, a little that. irritated, a little pissed. 
I mean, I think the longevity, Phil's greatest suit in terms of his long lasting is is his longevity in general. Yeah. Like yeah. I don't, we haven't ever seen a player with this type of longevity, you know, short of you know Watson and and Nicholas. But those guys had, and I guess you know Phil has has game fade, but not in this like especially after this week, like I I just. You just—he's at the stage of his career where you have no clue what's going to happen. Sure, but, but I, I saw a lot of people characterizing this or like framing this in like the broadcast, like as his last chance or his last. Like I, I think he's going to be like I would not be surprised to see him pull up uh, on the leaderboard of the Masters in the Open when he's fifty-six. Yeah, I, I think it's important like to to frame around what tournaments like he's not going to win a U.S. Open. Yeah, I don't want. I don't even want to engage. Utter, in the whole uh, story out of talk. There's yeah, a lot of people talking about it. Especially, it's it's all based off setup. How yeah. a golf course is set up and the weather conditions is going to dictate who plays well. Right. I personally am a big fan of of the way this week played. Yep. You know. Yep. Where it values people that know how to play golf, not how to hit balls far and you know on a driving range. Speaking of, I, feel like I got I got some a great anecdote of of uh, of a certain driving range hero, Bryson DeChambeau. Oh yeah, what? Yeah. Oh god! On the thirteenth, he airmailed the green, allegedly, by a shotgunner on the ground. He airmailed the green by thirty yards, and he turned to Tim and he said, "How Tim. did that? How did that go? It just kept going. It just Tim. kept going." It just kept going, Tim. <laughs> so, but anyways, I, I prefer the but the U.S. Open until there's a drastic philosophy and setup. The U.S. Open has recent in the last ten years, and will continue to be. If you don't rank in the top ten of driving distance on tour, you have no chance of winning. So, what does this change about like? Phil's career, or the uh, ten thousand foot view. Do we want to even get into that yet? Is it I, I think to do that. I mean, obviously, I think like having the whole record is a massive, massive feather in your cap. Let's not even talk about major count. I think having being the old, like the new record, yeah. fifty year old, that Boros. I mean, that was one of the longest standing records in golf. Uh, Sixty seven, I want to say it was. Um, I'm I'm the biggest Ernie fan in the world, but I have a hard time. I, I'm I, I'm gonna have a hard time even with if, this slow play asterisk yes. one. <laughs> it's it's a, you know like major. I think this this kind of puts a bow the longevity thing like this is we did those spotlights all all yeah. quarantine long and it's just like I was thinking about this sitting like this win is a crazy emphatic like exclamation mark on a great career. What, and he might get another, he might have another close call, but this, to do this at this age, you know, after what, seven years of real, really being in the heat of a, of a major. Yeah. Like this is, this is a crazy win. Yeah. I guess 16 Troon would have been the last time. Mm -hmm. really 16 Troon. Yeah. Was, I, was really in it. Um, yeah. Should we talk real quick about Brooks talking about his knee and, you were up there, and I was in it. I, 
It, it was. I think we should talk about the whole. Well, you want to talk about the crowd or the AT? I saw Brooks. You know, it was interesting on thirteen after another bogey. I Are saw. You? I saw Brooks starting to grimace. You're throwing out LeBron lines about you know he's grimacing too much. You, you know. Are you hurt? Are you injured? Well, I was surprised. I, you know, I saw that LeBron didn't play with an eye patch. That was, I saw Amina Kimes uh, tweet. You know, I'm, oh, I'm shocked. By I'm shocked that it, it, LeBron's not Go playing with LeBron. an eye patch. You know, uh, since he was making such a big deal about his eye injury. So, <laughs> but yeah, Brooks. Brooks was. He seemed. He seemed to be pissed. limping around when things, and then all of a sudden he he started like. You know, Phil was kind of starting to become the Exxon Valdez out there. <laughs> he was not. You were you were trying to will that into <laughs> like reality. He's like, oh, leak it oil. Like, you know, the one on thirteen just skirted off the bulkhead into the water. The one on fourteen was like an, almost impossible up and down. And he was at fifteen. He missed a birdie putt after hitting like a perfect drive, perfect approach shot, and somehow you're. You're portraying it as the Exxon Valdez. You were trying to will that into reality. After he striped it, tee to green, so he didn't make like a 13 foot birdie putt. All of a sudden, he's leaking oil with a clean par on 15. I couldn't believe that. Um, but but yeah, then then once once Brooks knocked that putt in, he, he was his, he had a little more pep in his step, no limp. But anyways, let's talk about 18. So. Where I were never you? thought, here's Kepka. I never thought of it that way, but I think it would have been cool if I didn't have a knee injury and got dinged a few times in the knee in that crowd because no one really gave a shit, personally. This is, it's but true, though. That fine, is legitimately yeah, true. Cool. He had a shot to tie, and he, he couldn't hit the shot for like four minutes because of the crowd. I, I, I kind of... I don't want to say I saw this coming, but I wasn't surprised. I felt it coming. Yeah. There were like... 15, 16, like there were just yahoos running past marshals who would have to. Sc- I feel bad for the volunteers. I don't yeah. blame anyone or don't fault anyone. Like you can't, only, you can only do so much. And there, there were a lot of drunk, like I'd say, like teens, late teens, early 20 kind of kids sprinting around that seemed worse for the wear or overserved. Um, Not worse for the wear, yeah, yeah. overserved. But <laughs> Not on the not on the athletic diet, athletic brewing diet. But it, there were a few times where they just started going inside the ropes and taking pictures and you know running. Th- you have these paths through the dunes, right? And then like, oh, that's a shortcut. I'm just gonna take it. So like, by the time we got to 18, where you, I was out ahead of you. Yeah, I was. I was. I was literally coming up the middle of the fairway because that's where the path was, and then I was gonna cut out to the ropes, right? And then all of a sudden, basically, everyone just said, the hell with it. We're jumping over it. I just kind of felt like it was coming based on the previous three. It was an amazing situation. I was like, kind of like right where the line broke. Yeah. And there were like three police officers who were like, stop, stop. As (laughs) thousands of fans came pouring through. And it was, it was honestly... Yeah, I know you don't watch Game of Thrones, but it was like honestly like the one Dragon of those show. Ga- yeah. you know Game of Thrones moments where there's uh, you know an army of of two thousand and, and a small group of gut people that have no chance. Like yeah. it, it just enveloped the whole thing. I was like completely disoriented. You know, you, to be, you walked into a camera shot <laughs> next to Phil. Someone caught you. We'll tweet it or share it. 
He's like, oh shit! <laughs> oh like, my god, it was right a total fuck moment. I was like, because it was so disoriented. There's so much going on. The people, like, they could not. The volunteers were yelling. The cops were yelling. You know, like I, I just was trying, frankly, not to get trampled most of the time. You know, there were a lot of people. Like, you, know, it just was a wild scene. But like. The disregard for Brooks was insane. Yeah. It oh, was, people were just throwing empties down in the middle of the fairway. Everyone just basically stopped to take like selfies and like after, you know. But then Brooks hit and everybody ran up ahead of him. Like usually yes. there's like a march behind. Exactly. All there's, of a sudden, no, all, there's no order. Yeah, everybody just ran, sprinted to the green in front of him. And it was just like, figure it out, man. Uh, I, so. I, I found myself like... I like kind of got pushed over to the uh, handicap section right by the 18th green. Oh, and there were like people pushing people with wheelchairs up to the green. Yeah. And like, there was a guy with like an air tank, like he was dragging it along up oh, to the like green. Oxygen it was, tank. it yeah. was wild. I mean, it was just a wild situation where I, I just was, you know, the whole thing was total pandemonium. Like, and the in, it, there's no hyperbole saying it was total chaos, yeah. pandemonium. Like there, there was no order whatsoever. Right. There were people I, I was a little bit worried at some point that like something bad was going to happen. Yeah, it was within the realm of possibility. <laughs> Phil said he was a bit unnerved at the start, and then I mean, there was a guy was that cool. was like shaking. Did you see that? What? When he was oh, going, walking grabbed. to the green, oh, so he's like shaking his oh, shoulder no. as he's walking oh, to the God. green. That was an incredible. That, what one thing that's going to get lost in all that chaos was how great his second shot yeah, was. It was, it was outstanding. Like, yeah. And again, just absolutely perfect condition, a perfect distance, Control. like on a downhill lie from rough with with thousands of people hoarding around him. Like I couldn't have imagined like standing there in the moment, being like, "What the hell is going on?" Like I, I. I felt zero. They, the volunteers and the police had zero control over the situation. Right. And, and like, I could only imagine being a player in that situation. Like maybe he's so in the zone that he doesn't even know, but I know Brooks definitely felt and definitely knew there was zero control. So I know there was like some criticism of that comment. Do you think he should have talked about his knee getting dinged and the crowd? Like, I don't know. It, it, it's a hard moment too. Like, like he's I can, pissed. You're, yeah, pissed he off. didn't win the mate. He didn't win. He played like shit. Probably Dot doesn't love Phil. Probably, yeah. probably isn't like a Phil. Like some of these guys are Phil. I don't think a lot of the younger players love Phil. Ricky does. He was there. Nature is healing. <laughs> first, I, first, first guy after Paul Tim. Casey. First guy after Tim Mickelson that Phil hug, hugged was Ricky Fowler. Paul Casey was up there. John Rahm was up there. Do you think there. Paul Casey was hugging him because of the Saudis? You know, knowing, knowing there might have been some hope revived into it. Hey, that's a side side sort of thing here. Uh, maybe not the first headline, but like he's got a five year exemption, right? In the majors now, he doesn't need a world rankings points to get into the U.S. Open or the Masters, obviously, or like. I don't know. Does this give him more cushion? Does it give him? I don't know. Playing in front of these crowds give him more affirmation to be on this tour. Like the I, thing is, if he wants to jump over there, is the PGA gonna be like, no, you can't come back and play next year? Right. No. Right. Right. And, and Phil, he's got five years. By all means, is the biggest backer of this whole thing. Oh yeah. 
or, or yeah, ready to jump, ready to go. It has been so. Um, but th- that's like a separate issue that this triggers. This this win now triggers. Uh, anything else on Brooks? The knee. You know, people like to pop him for talking about me and myself included talking too much about the knee. I think they were put off by that saying he got dinged in the crowd. But I mean, it's fine. He was frustrated. I'm sure. He was agitated. He got absolutely enveloped into the the crowd after that happened. And being in the crowd, like I got pushed. I had like my ankle stepped on at one point. Like yeah. it was not a situation like you were going to get nudged and pushed. And I get it. Like if you had knee surgery, like you probably are a little. And, and at the that. time he was already agitated. So. Yeah. Yep. And he, I, uh, I like going in and having to talk for 30 minutes after you like. After you lose a major, not lose, but like yeah. don't win, yeah, is already a difficult situation. And to have what, like, I think what happened to him is like a real shame with with the way, you know, the crowd was. It was such a cool moment, but it wasn't Tiger's moment where it was like set back. Like Brooks, like got noticeably, surrounded. noticeably got kind of screwed over by the whole situation like he didn't get to like even hit the shot really like he had to that it was a chore just to get him out of the way and like i said like the volunteers like and the police like they weren't even paying attention to brooke nobody was like he if if they hadn't gotten over there and like he would have been completely enveloped he wouldn't even hit the shot yeah when a birdie bogey yeah forced to play off Exactly. Like, or like crazy shit happened. We saw JT jar a shot at Mexico a couple of years ago. Like he wasn't even really like given a fair chance to like jar, jar a shot. Like another asterisk, another argument for an asterisk. Is this what you're saying? No, I'm not trying. This is not what I'm trying to do. I'm just trying to lay out like what was happening there. It was chaotic. It was, it was hardly ideal I mean like perfect example of how chaotic was I didn't even know Phil was like next to you five feet from me <laughs> I'm walking into a fucking camera shot <laughs> I be I like turn my head I'm like oh shit <laughs> like immediately I was like oh fuck like it just darted back into the crowd uh no it was it was, it, it was a memorable finish let's just put it that way it was great I I, I, I will say this like being on the ground, it was so, it felt, you know, this is so cliche. It felt like kind of normal. Like we we're getting back to normal. Nature's healing. Like it was so cool. It was energizing. It was so, I, I love, I love like the scenes of like fans, like trying to find a perch, right? Yeah. And you get and this the staggered, yeah, the layer, like, like sort of almost like the, the service button on your phone where it's like these towers and, and just like, that's what I love seeing that because you've got all these pathways cutting through the dunes, right? And then you have mounds that end up, you know, little clumps of sand or clumps doesn't do it justice, yeah. but yeah, dunes. And uh, that's that was so cool as I walked kind of from hole to hole, seeing these people uh, race around. And and I'm not at a point where I'm sick of the idiotic shouts. It's just great to have people back. Yeah, I the I the seventeenth tee, which is set back in the dunes and kind of. Like I was on the back of that tee. I think you were there too. Yep. And um, just looking around because I was kind of, I was on the side of kind of towards the dunes and, you know, the empty side of fans. 
and then seeing like this panoramic of you had the grandstands filled all the way through and then behind like these dunes were just stacked with people and it just was such a cool um really just like a surreal setting as the sun was going down the light was incredible and it, it was just it was a majestic afternoon and, and really like one that you think back is going to be one of the most historic PGA championships of all time. Yeah. Like may and like I was thinking about this is like a big, a big moment for the PGA championship because they now have a major, they like I was thinking about like the iconic championships. Like we've had some really amazing opens. We've had some really amazing masters. We've had some amazing U S opens. This, this was like, one of the PGA's big moments, like maybe I think it trumps Bob May and Tiger. Really? I don't want to do the comparison, but like this, this is like one of the great players, greatest of majors, course. like of arguably his, not as, we talked about this at the at the beginning. I don't know if biggest achievement, Signature, some sort of it, it's, it's part of the story. I yeah. don't know. I, so let's, let's segue from that real quick uh, just again much more narrow casting though we're not we're insignificant to the story of this but personally like you talking about those scenes me per like i after the last year i haven't seen you i haven't podcast with you and being out there just starting to feel normal after the past year of our personal lives and then of course the world it was good to have that again um segueing though we talk about how this is like a real I don't know, signature or, or massive win for the PGA Championships brand. So we've come to the Ocean Course. We have Rory, Hall of Famer. We have Phil, like Hall of Fame moment, Hall of Fame player. Arguably, we have best arguably rider. the greatest Ryder yeah. Cup of all time. Is that kind of like, I, I don't know that you need much more. This should be a part of some sort of major championship rota, right? Whether it's the PGA or anchor. I'm not saying we need to do anchor site, but it's more evidence to tr kind of keep this on the radar somewhere. Right. I mean, what did you, uh, what did you love about the course this week? What, how did it, I think seeing variety and, and just, it, I'm not even talking about play. You can get into the specifics and any, but variety of not seeing like a parklands course or not being somewhere that's not, the New York metropolitan area, right? Which I we should go there often. I, but like getting more locales, getting more different looking courses, I think that was cool to see. Um, so I'm all in favor of continuing to come here in some sort of interval. I mean, this this course should be an absolute staple. It fits perfectly with the time of year that they want to host it. As we saw this week, the weather yeah. was extraordinary Perfect. like i don't think you could get better weather than you know high 70s low 80s every day yeah. um i think you know you've got charleston's a great town too who clearly showed out and supported i think they could have put as many fans as they wanted in there in terms of like when it's safe to have as many fans as you want to have like i right. think they can pack that place obviously Logistically, it's not the easiest thing because you're at the very end of a barrier island. They might have caught a break with the whole limited crowd deal. Mm -hmm. Not break. Nobody wanted limited crowds, but it might have suited this one best yeah. compared to others. I think, I think this is the type of golf course that I, I... Just in general, like this is kind of one of my big takeaways is like this is the type of golf that people love. It's 
it's the one that requires thought, the one that requires nuance and and many different skills. You know, that's why one of the things like you can have a great tournament on a terrible course. Yeah. But great golf courses and really good. And I don't know if I put, you know, I say the ocean course is a great course. It's a very good course. Like, and when I say very good, it's like one of the best courses in the world. Sure. Um, or at least the country. Uh, but you know, in terms of like you, when you have, when you go to a very good golf course, the bar for having a very good term, like the floor of it is much higher. Yep. You know, like you're, you're not going to have a very bad tournament. Like, and this is like, you know, Bell Reeve was a great tournament. The golf course was a piece of shit though, you know? Um, so I think, I think that's like the thing is like venues do matter quite a bit. And this was a, a venue. And I think it's good. Like, we have clay in, in tennis and grass in tennis and hard courts and different players thrive in different settings. Yeah. And we have the open, which is going to favor experience. It's going to favor guys that know how to hit golf shots. We have the U S open. I don't think it, they should be just, you know, where only four people can win, but that seems to be the direction that they want to go in. Um, and we have the masters, which is like, you need everything. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, I think the PGA should just go to like really cool venues. Mix with, it up. Yeah. I, I think the, they could be variety, but like I I wouldn't mind seeing the ocean course every six years if I was the PGA. Interesting. Because you're not there. They get second pick for the May date. It works. Yeah. Too. They get second pick. And of all the second picks for May, this has to be number one. You know what? I don't want to see quail hollow. You know, I, I, that's is that in it coming up. I, I, I there was Maybe. recent, but like, yeah, I don't oh, want to see that, you know, it's like a, a locale. Like yeah. when you look at the Southeast, there aren't many golf courses that can host this thing. So, I mean, Southern Hills is going to be great. It's probably going to be wet. It rains there all the time in May. So yeah. like, that's going to be great, but it's going to be diminished by weather conditions. That's the other thing. Like. We, uh, Frisco. I mean, we watched the Nelson that's gonna get be very crushed wet. every year and yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. Uh, yeah, this was an awesome week. Uh, ocean course, obviously, it, I don't know, special place to me. So I, I enjoy being out there. I mean, look at the, let's just read down the, and this is, Will tweeted this from the fried egg, but like if you read down the list of players, like Phil Mickelson, Louis Ustazen, Brooks Kepka, Shane Lowry, Padraig Harrington, Harry Higgs, Paul Casey, Abe Answer, Justin Rose, Callum Morikawa, John Rahm. So, like, until we get into the eighths, Abe answer down. If I watched the PGA Tour week in, week out, and nothing else, I never watched majors. If I just watched the PGA Tour, I just subscribed to their bombings of, of FedEx Cup updates, I would think this was a shitty tournament because I would be like, those guys suck. They aren't ever, like, but then this major, like, in the toughest, one of the toughest conditions we've ever seen. Like, this is a par seventy-two, and the winning score was six under. That that's ridiculous. Like every major is a par seventy. Yeah. Like for the like every U.S. Open is a par seventy. They right. would die for six under right. at this point. Right. You know, um, you would say, oh, these guys. Like, where where's Justin Thomas? Where's yeah. Xander? Where's yeah. like? And those guys might have had just bad weeks, but sure. like. 
There's a reason that those are the guys. Why Padraig Harrington at age 49 was contending. <clears throat> Not really necessarily in the mix, but it finished T4th is because it required a lot of like skills and Fuck. know how to hit a lot of different shots. Right. That's the biggest thing. Like you couldn't trot out a high fade out there. Right. I remember watching Morikawa like and Morikawa had a fine tournament. He played well. He like he went out when the wind was down this morning and shot a good score that shot him up the leaderboard. Yeah. But I remember watching him in the first round and watching him hit on seventeen and I was like, you know what? That high fade is not gonna work in the wind. Right. Like the way it works and you know, when it's calm. Like it just and you know, he had a great tournament. But like he was never going to win this tournament. How about Rom? Same thing. He shot up the board. D eight. Yeah. But I, I thought it was interesting speaking after he was like, I didn't see Phil winning here. He kind of got in that refrain of just thinking like length, right? You're not gonna win a seventy eight hundred yard course where you if you hit it offline, you're making it a seven. Um but again, I think that was a lot of conventional thinking coming into it and we were sort of overlooked that I don't know. Length is all relative when, you know, when you actually have to have some creativity and shot making, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody can hit it far enough, yeah. except maybe like Woozy or Jeff Hart. But like, you know, it, it well, starts length, to become the scale of that starts to become sort of diminished. The length too was was interesting because when it's a five hundred yard par four, and there's no wind. A guy like Rom hits driver seven iron, but when it's a 500 yard par four and it's into the wind, right. and they have to hit a three iron, we just don't see those guys. They get they flat out don't hit long irons. You know who's hit a lot of long irons in his life, yeah. and has you know played in an era of golf where he years, hit yeah. hit long irons in right. his life is Phil Mickelson. Padraig right. Harrington has too. Right. Like you know, Louis Ustazen's he drove he lost shots on the field off the tee but he's an extraordinary iron player yeah. like you know like you think about long irons like it just it just makes you wonder if golf say we played 10 tournaments in Scotland in the summer how much different professional golf and who the best players in the world were it's interesting would be yep uh, any other leaderboarder players you want to talk about? Louis King, Louis finished the mattress king. Ugh. Finishes T two with Brooksy at four under. Um, you know he ended up being a hole ahead. I, I didn't see a ton of him uh, on the like last. I was going through the shot tracker, and I think one of the things that's really like it's when a you're out, Louis runner up. It is a vintage. He did like being a Louis. Like I'm a. I'm not a, a Louis fan like a Westie fan, but like I, I always like to pull for Louis, and he's <laughs> so just got good. this epidemic of 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 just not making any putts. And you'd see him on the green, like you'd see him close, and then you'd just see him like leaning over his putter and no, no hear no sound. Like that's the thing is like when you're out at the event, it's like you're always listening for sound because you're trying to figure out exactly what's going on. Like the cell phone service is spotty. There weren't a lot of leaderboards. Like you're just trying to listen for sound. And there was just nothing coming from that group. There was nothing good going on in that group like momentum wise did you uh, ever were you ever concerned there was some momentum on the front front nine that's true as brooks and 
Brooks and uh, Phil looked both like they were kind of on, on tilt and kind of giving shots away. It was like the Streelman thing's happening. Wilson is going to get a new tour truck. There was some trepidation there. I uh, I just feel good for Streels. It's his 25th major, and he finally has his first top 10. There you go. Baby I, steps. I replied to a Justin Ray tweet that sent him down a, a dark, dark rabbit hole of stats. I, I said, has there ever been a, a player with that's made, uh, that's gone 24 straight majors without a top 10 and then one. And he, he had made it, I think all the way to like 1970 or 1916. He said, I'm, I'm done looking for now. And unless he becomes a factor, <laughs> he made it close shot 75 tied with 10 guys for T eight. How about Ricky getting in the masters? That's a good point. And getting in next year's PGA. Doesn't need all these exemptions anymore. Playing his way in, but I would it's say activation season. I again. would say this. This is Ricky. Wind, wind ball. Ricky's a very talented golfer, and I think the dumbed down nature of the PGA Tour hurts Ricky. Yeah, I well, I, he's I not this... overpowering. He's not like, but he's very good at everything. I, I talked about this a couple of months ago. Like he kind of got caught in between generations. Yeah, yeah, he got fucked. I mean, the the new the the optimized guys coming up are just dialed for the modern PGA Tour, right? I so and, and yeah. And this is the sad thing is like I think like we'd see more styles of play if we played something like this week yeah. in week out or yeah. not week in week out, but just somewhat regularly. Like I don't think that we'd ever get stuff like this. But if if it was just somewhat regular and the idea of the tour wasn't to coddle and more to, to, to push the limits, if we weren't playing it down every chance that they got, you know, um, it's just, you know, the other thing is Bryson might not be just putting 5,000 RPM on the ball if he played in the wind more often. Like, you know, like just throwing the ball straight up in the air. Like it was clearly something that impacted him. He played like, in, you know, he finished T38. He was in the mix. He was a factor somewhat on the weekend. But, um, you know, like it, you could just see there's just like Morikawa, like his his ball fight just doesn't really work well when it's super windy hmm. and all the spin. Like I remember watching him on the range. You're just like, God, that's, that's not the type of shot yeah. you want to hit here. Yeah. Uh, any other miscellany? Can I read something that we got a note from yeah. someone? A Marshall is a Marshall out on uh, eight. I think we had several people out there, shot links and marshals. I, we had a shot link guy on nine, Texas Billy boy threw his putter up in the air and, Dropped it. The baton slammed into the green. Said, oh, Billy, this is a marshal. And you had your marshal talking about, or somebody told you about Bryson being incredulous. Well, Tim, it just kept flying 30 yards. Um, this is someone from eight, I believe. Uh, top of the list of shenanigans was Emiliano Grillo, bogey seven, got up to the 18th and helicoptered his nine iron into no man's land toward the waves, like these marshlands that are like half mud, half brackish water. Uh, just, nine. Uh, on 8T. 8T. Okay. 8T launched yeah. it. Yeah, it's right over there, yeah. Yeah, launched it, uh, nine iron. He asked his caddy to go get it, which is what? kind of bullshit. Like the cat, if you do it, you go get it, right? And you throw clubs, yeah. go take care of it. He asked his caddy to go get it. His caddy took two steps into the brush and encountered his first snake, hiss. So the caddy jumped out. He's like, nah, I'm 
left. Mission aborted. Apparently, the captain of the hole later sent his son out to go find it, and he got it. And apparently, this became like a keepsake. Do you think, why, why would you send your son out I there? I don't know. He is a keepsake. But the next day, they tracked down the guy and told him the nine iron had to be back at the course the next morning. I feel like if you discard it, you get rid of it, and the guy goes and risks and retrieves it, you can't ask for it to be back. That's like the the home run ball. The guy had to drive it back by like 8 a.m., so Grio had his nine iron for the morning round. That's kind of ridiculous, isn't it? Emiliano Grio lost a a fan today. He's a bit of a hot. Not that I was a fan before, but you know, this is a grudge that I will hold for a long time. I'll remember this. Any other? So uh, be like JT kicking the fan out. <laughs> any other miscellaneous news and notes? I mean, the quote about hot drivers was super revelatory to me. Uh, not hot, hot clubs. It's like if they're not cracking, they're not hot enough. So yeah, that, that was, was uh, kind of set off alarm balls. You want to talk about Rory? Sure. What about him? What the fuck? It's, I don't know. He's not that close. He's he's just not that close. He said so after the round. The thing at Quell Hollow was just like a perfect time and place. I I I don't know. Eamon Lynch, who's was here maybe a few times, maybe had a, a few too many times. Column that sort of was like it was very different to see him out there with Pete Callen, like working on mechanics like Phil was. Phil might work for Phil, but Rory's yeah. deal is like. He, this prep, what he saw does all the that a week, round two too. weeks before. And, you know, Rory's out there like doing mechanics, rehearsing the swing. And like, you're not supposed to do this. Is all Eamon's and Eamon's piece for Golf Week or on Saturday. Like, I, that's just not we how were, Rory's been. We were walking a practice round with, we'll just call him a player. Okay. And uh, he, he, yeah. Okay. He's a player. He turned to us. And he, and Rory was like over in a bunker, like rehearsing, like a weird, like a move, like a. Yeah. And he's doing this rehearsal, and the the player goes, "I mean, what the fuck is going on? Look at him over there. That's the most naturally gifted athlete athlete in the game. Player. Yeah, the most like, and he's over there like." It's just like something you like shouldn't the baton see. Boy. He should never be. He should just be out there free swinging. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't have much reaction to Rory. I, I did. What about Ben Cook? Are you, are you fired up about Ben Cook? You're out there handing asterisks out to everybody. Ben Cook. You got the low club pro. Ben they Cook. announced it with this great fanfare. I stayed. Did you go in? Did you stay for the trophy I, presentation? I went in. I was mulling about in the crowd, just getting details. And they did this great fanfare. Oh, he's uh, gives lessons at Yankee Springs or something, and uh, I forget where that is. But like, he's a does lessons, teach pro. You know, congrats to Ben Cook. And yeah, I wish you had been out there. You would have, you would have been shouting fraud. You know, heckling the trophy That's ceremony. Like, you know, more so than you know, Phil getting his sixth. Why I couldn't be at the award ceremony was because of Ben Cook. Well, Brad Merrick was standing right there. They made Brad Merrick stand there. Oh, really? Well, he made the cut. You know, while you know this fraudulent club pro accepts the honor that should have been bestowed to Brad Merrick. But Ben Cook has a PGA Tour profile that says "Join Tour." Yeah. Join Tour. That means he's a tour player, not a not a club pro. 
that you were you've been very you've been shouting about this to anyone who will listen and those who actually don't want to listen or like all all weekend in the media center you're right i mean it's it's a modern day omar it's a millennial millennial omar probably and, right you know to take the words of Cron, tron carter you know he's wearing a hat that says it all said bad on it. he's a bad guy he did seem to have like all sorts of uh, not endorsement deals but he's very particular about his fashion choices right uh, but you're a pro you can do whatever you want but he's a bad guy brad merrick was pretty just you know, staple, ba- basic. No, no logos. Just honestly, the bucket, the, the on bucket, logo bucket, on logo bucket. <laughs> yeah, the, the the bland color schemes. You know, yeah. like you know, he's very, very relatable. Yeah, it was great. Uh, uh, be speaking of the the Brad Merrick stretching routine that went viral, I I suggest everybody try it out. It's, it it's rel- revelatory. It was great. It was fantastic. Know? Uh, anything else on the PGA Championship? Other news and notes uh, on the LPGA with the Pure Silk uh, Championship presented by Visit Williamsburg. Wei Lin Zhu beats Moria Jutanagarn by a shot, uh, two shots up in Williamsburg. NCAA women are stroke play three, nationals. Yeah, they're through Monday. three rounds. Stanford is boat racing the field. They are up twenty shots. Heading into the final round of stroke play, top eight teams make match play. One big storyline that to watch is the number one team, University of South Carolina, the real USC, as their college president has proven, uh, is currently outside of match play. And I believe they shot the worst score of the 24 teams in the tournament uh, in the opening round. So they're in 12th. And this is the number one team in the country, stacked team. Like we saw it at Anwa. They had, I think, like five or six yes. players in Anwa. Like, um, like this team is not going to make match. This is this is kind of like a would be a huge upset if they don't make it. Right now, they are six shots out of the eighth eighth spot with one day to go. So that's something to watch with the NCAA Women's uh, National Championship. Okay. Any other parting thoughts? I just want to say thank you guys. Thank you yeah. all for listening, indulging our, I don't know, idiocy, our daily podcast, the video beach chats on the video on the beach, you know? Yeah. We don't like to make ourselves front and center, but we had fun. We had a blast. It was great to see you again. Great to be in person. That's sort of the value of, of being down here uh, together. Um, so much fun. Seems like yeah. we're getting back to normal. There I don't know a- that we're going to Torrey Pines by choice but it was great to be here ocean course delivered the uh yeah there's like some you know pinch yourself moments yeah this week and uh you know i, I think we wouldn't be able to do this without you guys listening and and for that i'm really thankful and it was it was an awesome week and and one i won't forget for a long time all right thank you all for listening uh, we're on to the KitchenAid Senior. Phil's got to go hey, for the double. Con- congrats to all the Phil truthers. You know, enjoy your day, uh, day in the sun. Maybe Ernie will, Ernie will snag one at the open. <laughs> all right, everybody enjoy your Mondays. Thanks again for all your continued uh, support, feedback, positive, negative, or otherwise. We will talk to you all on Wednesday.